0: What a shot, first OHL goal for Shane Wright.
2: Right circle, shot, scores!
0: Connor Medard has arrived here at the branch center, Is first in the Western Hockey League. NCAA. Save, watch out, watch out! UMass are national champions! The NHL Draft. I am Spash and Kosa. This is Dylan Gunther of the Noah Kings. This is William Mack from from in here. Hi, I'm Brent Clark.
1: Hi, this is Matt Coronado from the Chicago Steel. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Moonset. Hey, it's Paul of the 2-5 Stampede. This is Paul biond I play for Luleå. Hey, it's Corson Coleman from Brex Bandit. Hi, this is Chaz Lucius. This is Logan Stankoven. I play for the Camel Blazers. It's Jesse Wolfis from Luleå Hockey. And more. Bring it! This
0: is The Pipeline Show.
2: Professional hockey has made its return as the NHL is now underway with a number of junior age players still with their NHL clubs, big trades in the Western Hockey League, and behind the bench in Swift Current, the coach has bucked himself off the Broncos. All that and more, welcome to a new episode of the Pipeline Show, everybody. My name is Guy Flaming. I really appreciate you stopping by, especially if you're a newcomer to the program. Let me know. You can find me on Twitter at TPS underscore Guy. If this is your first episode that you've ever heard, let me know uh, where you're listening from. I always like to hear that. If you're a returning listener, then of course welcome back. And uh, for those of you who have uh, signed up to be a patron, and lately there have been a number of you uh, signing up, which is really appreciated. You know what? It it makes me feel really good to know that people are appreciating the content that you hear here on the show. That makes me feel really good. So thank you very much to everybody who has been doing that. I'll just uh, rattle off some of the names of the newcomers who have signed up here recently to be a patron. Uh, Recently, Ryan, Todd, another Ryan, John, Darren, Anthony, Matthew, Sarah, and Lucas. Well, I appreciate all of you signing up here in the last little bit. Lots we want to get to. We can start with the question of the week. It also has to do with uh, what I was mentioning in the intro there. As uh, with the NHL starting up this week, I think... Does that leave just the American Hockey League and, and maybe the ECHL that haven't begun? And obviously they start after the NHL because players are trying to make those teams. Now that the NHL is underway and those players have all that didn't make the teams have all trickled down to the AHL and the ECHL, you know those two leagues will be starting up right away. But at the National Hockey League level, there are a number of players who could theoretically be back in junior Maybe they're getting their nine-game look from their NHL clubs, and uh, some of these guys will go back to junior. I count 11 players right now on NHL rosters who are under 20 years old and could be sent back to their junior clubs, although a couple of these guys are Euros, so you know that's not going to happen. Uh, Tim Stutzla, who is on this list, uh, was playing in the NHL last year, so you know he's not going anywhere. And I would be surprised if Lucas Raymond will, and William Eklund we're not with, their, uh, with the Detroit Red Wings and the San Jose Sharks moving forward. So that leaves eight players. Some of those guys got into their first NHL game here in the last couple of days. Mason McTavish of the Peterborough Peets, two points in his debut with the Anaheim Ducks. Scored on his first shift, on his, or on his first shot at least, and had two points in that game. Hendrix Lapierre also scored in his debut with the Washington Capitals. Four other players got points. Uh, Stutzlin and Raymond were two of them. Jamie Drysdale and Cole Sillinger, who I think is probably the youngest of uh, this group. The other who has played did not pick up a point. That's Cole Perfetti with the Winnipeg Jets. Three other guys who I haven't mentioned yet still with their teams: Seth Jarvis in Carolina. Jake Neighbors with the St. Louis Blues. And Quentin Byfield, who is injured right now with the LA Kings. The question of the week is specifically about those three guys that I just rattled off who happen to be WHL players. And the question of the week is, which WHL team is going to miss their teenaged NHLers the most if, in fact, they don't come back? And those three guys, Seth Jarvis uh, with the Portland Winterhawks, who is still in Carolina, Jake Neighbors of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who is still in St. Louis with the Blues, and Cole Sillinger of the Medicine Hat Tigers, who is playing actively right now in Columbus, and as I mentioned, picked up his first NHL point and assist in a rather lopsided victory for the Blue Jackets in their opening night. So that was the question, and my thought, you could make an argument that uh, Portland and Edmonton, both really deep teams, if they miss one guy, they probably have the supporting cast where it's not going to impact them too much. Although, pump the brakes a little bit on that, because I would suggest that maybe not having one of those guys on their roster might be the difference between being a championship team or not this year. You know, Jarvis could put Portland over the top. Jake Neighbors could put Edmonton over the top. Without them, they're still both really, really good teams, contending teams. But you can make an argument that the those those two clubs without those players uh, aren't as well. Obviously, they're not as good as they are with them. The question is, are they? weakened enough to be caught by other teams but my vote and it is the winning vote here on the poll as well it'd be the medicine hat tigers without cole sillinger because they're not as deep to me as portland or edmonton and without sillinger the question is who leads them in scoring now Lucas swakoski is off to a fantastic start with the tigers can he keep it up he probably can but you know if it's him and sillinger that's a different story than if it's uh, just swakoski and The rest of the cast there, offensively speaking, in Medicine Hat. Still a good team, but I think they miss Sillinger more than Edmonton and Portland miss their guys. Some of the comments that came in because of that question. uh, Steve says Neighbors is a great player, but Edmonton is still stacked with Gunther, Robertson, and Kosa. He won't be as missed as with other teams. And I pointed out to uh, Steve that uh, Matthew Robertson is uh, more gone than Jake Neighbors is as he's, not expected to be back at all. He's playing in the American Hockey League this year with the New York Rangers organization. Kane's prospect uh, has chimed in as well. He says that uh, Jarvis more than likely comes back after a handful of games. It's possible all of those guys come back after a handful of games or up to nine at least. And I think most people probably expect that is what will happen. But you see Cole Sillinger get off to you know a good start. It's only one game and it's an assist. But they also have the option of putting him in the American Hockey League. If he goes to junior, he's done. He's in junior for the year. If he goes to the AHL, he can come up and back, back and forth. So that's something to uh, consider when it comes to Sillinger as well. Now the big news uh, just announced here yesterday in the WHL is uh, Dean Brockman. He's the GM and the head coach of the Swift Current Broncos. Well, he has resigned. He's uh, taken himself off the bench in Swift Current and I don't think anybody saw that coming. Broncos were off to a pretty decent start this season. It's not like this is a performance thing. Through five games, they have a record of two and three. Most people picked them to be dead last in the division, in the central division, but they've been competitive. They're getting excellent goaltending. They have some young uh, talent on that club as well. So a bit of a surprise, Dean Brockman uh, stepping down. I think that caught most people by surprise, not just myself. Perry Bergson, who uh, covers the Western Hockey League as well as anybody, he writes for the uh, Brandon Sun, says on Twitter, he says, Dean Brockman stepped down as the head coach and GM of the Broncos today, that being yesterday. He's the guy who unselfishly threw himself on the grenade thrown by a previous administration's scorched-earth trade policy. He did a lot to rebuild there and was always great to chat with, and I would agree on everything that Perry just said. Gino DePauli, who is the voice of the Okotoks Oilers, says if Dean Brockman was given the opportunity to get the reins of an established team and build from within the opinion of others towards him would be very different those who know know what Dean is capable of when there's something to work with now he would uh, Dean Brockman was in um, the SJHL for a long time with, with the Humboldt Broncos and was always one of the stronger teams at least more often than not but he came to Saskatoon when they were really weak and that didn't work out. And then he went to a swift current where they had just won a WHL championship and emptied the cupboards to do it. He has not been in favorable situations in the WHL. Sean Mullen, former voice of the Broncos, says the task in front of Brockman was monumental when he took the job. Almost every young asset was traded away in 2018 and they didn't even have their first round picks for the first two years that he was there. Sean actually had uh, several tweets about uh, Dean Brockman, Uh, you can find his thoughts at Sean Mullen. It seems fairly unanimous. Everybody thinks that Dean Brockman's a very good coach and should get another opportunity if he wants it. We don't know why he stepped down. Maybe we'll hear in the future, but that was a surprise. So in the meantime, uh, Chad Leslie has been named the interim GM and uh, Devin Pratt has uh, been named the interim head coach for the Broncos. And lastly, with the uh, WHL in the transactions department big big trade a few trades actually this week but the big one uh, sees the Edmonton Oil Kings grabbing uh, a a big player for their blue line and big because he is uh, a big human being six foot five he becomes the biggest player uh, for the Edmonton Oil Kings that's Luke Prokop uh, and surprisingly they get him from the Calgary Hitman you don't see Calgary and Edmonton making trades all that often but Prokop and I kind of heard that there might be something in the works with Procrop, that he would be leaving the Calgary Hitmen. Well, he comes back to Edmonton, and I say back to because this is his hometown. He's from Edmonton. Uh, the Oil Kings paid a lot to get him, in my opinion. Not that I think it's a bad trade. I think the Oil Kings are clearly all in this year, and Procop is a big addition to them. It'll be this year and done, as uh, he is a signed player, drafted by the Nashville Predators. So next year when he is 20, he'll be off to the American Hockey League at the very least. Uh, But the Oil Kings giving the hitmen four assets, well, three and one conditional one. Keegan Slaney, defenseman, Blake Heward, defenseman, both of them on their way to Calgary, as well as a second-round pick in the upcoming uh, Bantam draft. Actually, it's the 2022 draft, so next spring. And the conditional is a a fourth-round pick in 2024. Other trades this week, well, the Oil Kings also traded goaltender Colby Knight to the Kelowna Rockets for a fourth-round pick. That's not until 2025, so really... Low-risk move there for the Kelowna Rockets and the Oil Kings. They're high on Colby Knight, but they're even higher on Colby Hay. So they moved Knight. It's going to be Kosa and Hay. And uh, next year, it'll be Colby Hay, who takes over the starting job as uh, Sebastian Kosa, who was signed and drafted by the Detroit Red Wings. He'll be uh, playing pro for that organization next year. So that's another reason why the Oil Kings are all-in this season. Prince Albert and Regina traded players Adam McNutt goes to Regina in exchange for Sloan Stanek. The Vancouver Giants dealt goaltender Drew Sim to Regina for a fourth-round pick. couple of moves for Brandon. They moved out uh, Nathan Salam to Victoria for a fifth- and a sixth-round pick. And they uh, added overage player Eric Pierce, a forward from the Prince Albert Raiders, and they did that for just a sixth-round pick in 2023. Majid Kadura goes from uh, Prince George to Moose Jaw as well. That one I hadn't noticed uh, a couple of days ago that happened. The scoring race in the Western Hockey League, after uh, four or five games for most clubs, there are a handful of teams that have only played three games, but uh, it's extremely tight at the top as six players are tied with eight points. I guess the clubhouse leader, because he's only played three games, would be Tristan Robbins of the Saskatoon Blades. Then you've got Dylan Sidor, rookie with the Kamloops Blazers. Three members of the Winnipeg Ice in Owen Peterson, Mikey Milne, and uh, Benjamin Zlotti, all with eight points, and uh, Victoria Royals' Braden Sherman. He also has eight points, including six goals. He's played five games. The season got underway in the OHL a week after the WHL, so these teams have only played two or three games, but so far, six clubs with uh, perfect records. They would be London, Flint, Hamilton, Kitchener, Niagara, and Mississauga, the Steelheads, have only actually played one game so far. The top 10 in the CHL uh, coming into this weekend's play, the Edmonton Oil Kings still ranked number one, followed closely by the Quebec Rampart, the bathurst Teton, the Winnipeg Ice as well, who have uh, been lighting the lamp in the WHL. The BBR Mata are uh, ranked number five, so you've got two teams from the dub, three from the queue in the top five. The top-ranked OHL squad, the London Knights, at six, Followed closely by Valdor, the Barry Colts, the Kingston Frontenacs, and those Portland Winterhawks are ranked tenth. Honorable mentions this week going to Windsor, Kamloops, and Lethbridge. Lethbridge is in town to play the Oil Kings tonight. Should be a great tilt. Two teams remain perfect in the Quebec Majors Junior Hockey League. That would be the Armada, who are six and O, and the Bathurst Titan, Acadie Bathurst Titan, who are five and O. So the Titan and the Armada playing very well to start the season. Valdor is oh so close to being perfect. They're 3-0-1. Not a surprise to see who's leading the queue in scoring. That would be Riley Kidney and Miguel Tournay, both with 10 points. Kidney with the Bathurst Titan and uh, Tournay with the BBR Armada. Full slate of games, of course, on a Friday night in the queue. Switching gears to the Alberta Junior Hockey League, maybe we'll start with the top 20 in the CJHL. The number one ranked team in the Canadian Junior Hockey League are the Ottawa Junior A Senators with a perfect 6-0 record. The number two and number three teams are both out of the OJHL, and uh, they're both unbeaten this year. Georgetown Raiders and the Trenton Golden Hawks are those clubs. Coming in number four are the Truro Bearcats from the Maritime Hockey League. The Timmins Rock are number five. The first AJHL team uh, comes in at number seven. That's the Brooks Bandits. And they have the top record in the Alberta Junior Hockey League with a 900 winning percentage, a record of 9-1. They also have the league's top scorer. That would be Ryan McAllister with 23 points in 10 games. Devin Phillips, also of the Bandits, is second with 21 points. couple of guys who should be on the radar for scouts, both playing for the Okotoks Oilers. Bowden Singleton is third in league scoring with 20 points in 10 games. And Regal Renz who you'll hear a little bit about today. He comes in fifth in scoring. Noah Hackett having a great season for the Olds Grizzlies. That team's struggling a bit this year, but uh, he is fourth in league scoring with 17 points in 11 outings. Slipping south of the border, we look at the USHL and the Chicago Steeler in top spot in the Eastern Conference. Well, it's the Tri-City Storm, the number one ranked team in the Western Conference. The Storm are perfect 5-0 to begin the year, leading the way in scoring. Not a surprise to see three members of the Steel in the top four. Jackson Blake, Adam Fantilli, and Sam Lipkin are those players. Jackson Hallam from the Green Bay Gamblers is actually uh, tied for second in league scoring. He's got nine points in five games. Oh, Jackson Blake leads the way, as a matter of fact, with 11 points through six contests. Over to the null, the NAHL, the Springfield Junior Blues continue to have the best record in the league. They are 8-2. and two. But it's a tight race at the top, right behind them in their own division, the Fairbanks Ice Dogs, nipping at their heels. And in the East Division, it's the Maryland Black Bears and the Northeast Generals leading the pack. Feels like it's been a couple of weeks since Amarillo has played. They're still sitting with eight games, and the New Mexico Ice Wolves have only played six games. So while we see some teams up to a dozen games already, there are others who have barely played. And I don't know what the situation there is, if games have been postponed or canceled, if that's a COVID-related thing, not sure exactly. Uh, the top scorer right now in the Null is uh, Ryan Bottrell uh, from Maryland. He's got 17 points. 13 of those are assists. I should mention the St. Cloud Norsemen as well. They've only played seven games, but they're off to a 5-2 start. And if you go by points per game, Ryan O'Neill leads the league in. In scoring in that department, he's got 13 points in seven contests. That's slightly better than Kristaps Scratchens with Amarillo. And finally, we look at uh, the NCAA A leading scorer in the in the college hockey ranks right now is uh, Matthew Copperud from Arizona State. He's got nine points through four games. Josh Stone right behind him. I think he had a five assist uh, game or a five point game at least. He's got seven total on the season. Lots of non-conference games again this weekend in uh, college hockey. The icebreaker looks fantastic this weekend. You've got Minnesota State playing Providence tonight and Michigan going up against Minnesota Duluth tonight. And depending on what happens in those games, we'll find out who plays who on Saturday. Other games on the schedule that stand out to me, St. Cloud State is in Minnesota to take on the Golden Gophers. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame are traveling. They're on the road against Michigan Tech. That should be a good game. Devin Levi and the Huskies of Northeastern square off against Boston College tonight. So if you're south of the border and can tune into some of those games, there's some decent contests to watch for. The Pipeline Show is brought to you by our title sponsor. That, of course, is Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Just seeing the update on their website, they're taking pre-orders now by December 15th for Christmas. As they say, it's time to start thinking about uh, pre-ordering your stocking stuffers. Wilhawk Beef Turkey gladly fills orders of any size. We sell our beef turkey, sausage, and other products exclusively out of uh, their Leduc shop, but they will ship orders anywhere in Western Canada, vacuum sealed. It's approved for shipping, traveling, and gifts. If you haven't had a chance to try some delicious Wilhawk Beef Turkey, get on it. You will absolutely thank me for it they have two locations but if you want it shipped into western canada uh, get in touch with trent in laduk willhawkbeefjerky.com is the website and Wilhawk is spelled w-i-l-h-a-u-k now this week uh, there were some internet outages in my area i live uh, just outside of edmonton and the uh, service provider was doing some upgrading and work so uh, limited to just three guests this week but it's a great show and of course, all of my guests join me courtesy the Troubled Monk hotline featuring the new seasonal. That would be the Oktoberfest, the Munich Hells. Available, you go to troubledmonk.com slash shop if you happen to live between Calgary and St. Albert, including Airdrie, I'm moving north this time, Airdrie, Olds, Innisfil, right in Red Deer, Sylvan Lake, Pinoka, Lacombe, Leduc, a little city called Edmonton, and then you've got Sherwood Park, and, of course, St. Albert. You go to troubledmonk.com slash shop. You use promo code PIPELINE. They will deliver it right to your door, and that delivery will come on the house just for using promo code PIPELINE. Let them know the PIPELINE show sent you. Alright, I mentioned there are only three guests this week, and yet it's still a fantastic show. We uh, begin with a look ahead to the 2022 NHL Draft. Derek Newmeyer, who scouts with future considerations. FC Hockey, he's on the program this week. We're going to talk about I think it's a half a dozen WHL players and one guy out of the AJHL. Happened to have mentioned them a little bit earlier in this uh, opening segment. Start looking ahead to uh, the big event in July of 2022. And then we're going to turn on the 2022 draft spotlight. We're going to do it twice this episode. The first guy expected to be first round pick, potentially a top 10 pick as the U.S. National Development Program, again, with a a strong crop of players, as usual. Well, if you rank players by their name, Rutger McGrory might be number one on that list, and he is on the program this week, as is Lethbridge Hurricane forward Noah Boyko. We're seeing NHL teams more often than ever drafting 19-year-olds, and I think because of the COVID situation last year, there will be even more 19-year-olds drafted this year. Noah Boyko could be on that on the radar in that department we'll hear from him as well so three outstanding guests we'll start with Derek Newmeyer from FC Hockey he's up first here on the Pipeline show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky Coach Dibbon could not resist leaving Newhook out there Newhook will wind up out of his own zone. He went from Newfoundland to Victoria last year. And here he goes, wide around the new Newhook two scores. He does it again.
0: Hi, it's Alex Newhook of the Victoria Grizzlies, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Yeah. Five-time Alberta Junior Hockey League champions, the Spruce Grove Saints, are back and welcoming fans to the Grant Fuhrer Arena for the 2021-22 season. A community-minded Junior A hockey organization offering affordable family entertainment. Tickets to big league hockey at affordable family rates range from $9 to $15, with free parking and some of the best food and drink specials in town. For more information on tickets and how you can become a partner, go to sprucegrovesaints.ca.
2: You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. We're back on The Pipeline Show, and we're going to begin this week's episode uh, by looking ahead to the future to the 2022 NHL Draft. Uh, We'll do that in a second. Of course, the program is brought to you by our title sponsor. That's Wilhock Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Two locations in Alberta, in Spruce Grove and Leduc, both just outside of Edmonton. But if you are in Western Canada and you can't make the drive, uh, they just contact either location. Any order, any size, they will ship it to you anywhere in Western Canada. That's Uh My guest this week is uh, Derek Newmeyer, who uh, is a uh, head honcho scout at uh, Future Considerations. Uh, Derek, welcome back to the program. How are things?
0: Hey, thanks for having me back. Uh, Things are going great. You know, it's great to have hockey back. It's great to be back in the rink uh, again after some some time away due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great start to the year, and I'm excited to see where things are going to move from here.
2: Maybe let's start with that and just how different it will be this year for you guys because you're back into the rink. Instead of doing so much just relying on video and, and how challenging that was, you get a whole different perspective by watching guys in person which you and the rest of the staff at future considerations will be able to do again this year. It's got to be great.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like video works, you know, and there, there are some perks to watching games over video, you know, the ability to pause and rewind. There are certain advantages to that, but there's just really nothing like being at the rink. You know, you get to see all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. You know, you can, you can hear the players talking to each other on the bench you know, you get a feel for the atmosphere. and You, you kind of get a better idea for what the players are going through and what they're experiencing. So, yeah, I'm excited to be back. I've been to a couple games already. I know everyone else on the team is, is excited to be back. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to what we're going to produce this season. You know, not just being back in the rink, but also we brought, brought on some new members to the team in different regions. We've expanded our European scouting staff. So we're really excited about the, the work that we're going to be doing. And we think it's going to be our best year yet.
2: Well, I know uh, you've already got your preliminary ranking out as well, which uh, fans can see. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, a bunch of Western League guys, but also maybe we'll start with the uh, the lone AJHLer that's uh, on the list. And I, I don't, I haven't got the pronunciation yet is it Rieger or Rieger
0: uh, I'm not 100% sure either myself to be completely honest I know the last name is pronounced Lorenz but yeah I think it's I think it's Rieger
2: Lorenz okay Rieger Lorenz of the Okotoks Oilers uh, in the Alberta Junior Hockey League off to a terrific start uh, and it just seems like this is a guy even just on paper you get a feel for there's potential here what, what have you seen from him in person
0: yeah, I really like Lorenz and what he brings to the table. I don't know if he's going to be necessarily like a huge point producer. I don't know if he's going to be a big uh, play driver on a scoring line or anything like that. But he's a really well rounded player. You know, he's smart. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He understands the flow of the play in all three zones. He plays at a good pace. You know, he's, he's an above average skater. He's good with the puck, he can, play, he can make plays with it. He's got a pretty good shot. He's just a really well-rounded, complete kind of player. And I think he's still getting better and, and growing into his frame. You know, he's about six foot one, But you can see there's still some room that he can add onto his frame in terms of muscle. He'll get quicker and stronger with some more strength and conditioning. And I really like the the program that he's in. The Okotoks, Okotoks Oilers are one of the better programs in uh, junior hockey in Canada. You know, they've got a pretty good track record of developing talent. You know, Dylan Holloway was there. Jacob Bernard-Docker was there. So they know what they're doing when it comes to developing high-end players. And I think Lorenz is going to be the, the best player um, out of the AJHL this year when it comes to draft eligibles. And I, I think it also speaks volumes that he was the only junior, junior player that was invited to Hockey Canada's U18 camp over the summer. So mm. that just gives you an idea of, of how much potential this kid has.
2: Yeah, I've seen him listed at 6'2 and 185 pounds. You mentioned 6'1, so hey, it's early season. We'll figure those things out. But 15 points in 10 games to start the year as we're speaking. It, it's a Tuesday afternoon here, so we might play a game or two before this uh, this interview comes out uh, publicly uh, this weekend. But off to a great start. And I like what you mentioned. Okotoks is a, a program. It's uh, one of the top ones in junior a hockey in, in the country. I also like he's going to Denver because, again, that's a, another program south of the border in the NCAA that has a proven track record of pushing guys to the NHL. So there's lots to like about this fella, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can never discount the environment that a prospect plays in. It's not to say that you know, a, a good player can't succeed anywhere, but when you look at a program that's developed high-end prospects onto being you know, NHLers or really good college-level players, or you look at college programs and their track record of developing young talent. That's something that you always have to factor into the equation when you're a scout, because some some environments just are better than others for certain players.
2: All right, let's go to the the Western Hockey League, and uh, the Winnipeg Ice are going to get followed a lot by scouts this year for good reason. They've got a couple of guys who could go, maybe both of them will go top 10 uh, by the time it's all said and done. The Ice are off to an amazing start this year. I did make a point on the weekend on Twitter that you know they've got 30 goals already after four games and nobody else in the league has hit 20 yet. Uh, but I think they've beat up on some some weaker competition. The Weekings were really undermanned the first couple of games and, uh, and they took an 8-0 win against the, the Prince Albert Raiders as well. So we'll see if they're able to keep scoring at that pace. But Connor Geeky, Matthew Savoy... Obviously going to get a lot of attention. Let's start with Geeky. Uh, I'll be honest, of the two, he intrigues me the most. Six-foot-four centerman uh, and putting up big numbers already this year. Let's start with him. What do you like?
0: Yeah, I mean, you touched on it, right? It's, you, you've got that combination of size and skill. And it's hard to find players that have that, you know? Sometimes you find guys who are maybe 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and they're good with the puck and they're good playmakers. But, you know, they struggle in the board play or the play around the net. And sometimes you get the big guys who just aren't really that confident with the puck on the stick. They're a little turnover prone. But with Geeky, he's a really complete package. He was an awesome playmaker, puck handler. When he gets the puck on his stick, he's got just so many options about what he can do with it. He's an underrated shooter too. He can really pick corners. He can, you know, blow pucks through goaltenders between the pads or underneath the arms. And yeah, he's got some strength to him, but he's still growing into his frame a little bit. You, you can't discount that size. You know, Once he's fully developed, he's going to be a really hard player to contain along the boards or in front of the net. He's going to be a true power play specialist for sure once he's fully developed. He's, he's not the best skater right now, but there is room for improvement. He's got long strides. He gets good extension in his strides. He's fairly balanced as well. He's, he's a hard guy to knock off his feet, but he's going to get quicker. He's going to get a little bit more agile once he's, once he's had that proper development. And I, I really like the guy's upside. It's just so rare to find players who have that package that he does, especially ones who are comfortable playing down the middle. You know, he's a guy who could be a top-line center or a second-line center, but he's also someone that could come into the NHL in a third-line center role or a fourth-line center role to get his feet wet. So there's a lot of versatility to Geeky, and I really like, like his upside as a player.
2: You mentioned his skating. I, I just seen some highlights and it looked fine to me in just those clips. But overall, you, you've probably seen him a lot more than I have. But go back to Leon Dreisaitl when he was in Prince Albert. Would you have described him as a good skater?
0: Uh, it certainly wasn't his strongest suit when right. he was in the WHL. You know, it, he wasn't a terrible skater, but it definitely wasn't the biggest area of strength for him. But, you know, if it's a good comparable in terms of that, that specific trait, yeah. you know, dry saddle really got better as, as he developed, you know, you got to work on the strength and conditioning. You get access to NHL level, skating coaches. you start getting more mobile a little bit quicker. Uh, you know, sometimes that, that sort of thing can take time, but as long as you're willing to put in the work to improve and you have the NHL support to do it, that progress can be made. And that's something else we'll say as a benefit about Geeky. He seems like a kid who's pretty determined uh, to get better, and I think he's going to put into work to make himself quicker and more agile.
2: Awesome. Uh, that's the point I was trying to make, uh, that skating, I, I think, is the one thing that you can really improve on the most and, and maybe even just helps to physically develop and, and get to that next level. Um, his teammate is Matthew Savoy. Now, Geeky's six foot four. Savoy is not. He is uh, listed at 5'9", uh, maybe 5'10 on a bad hair day. Uh, but again, a guy with lots of skill. We've seen what his brother has done so far at the collegiate level. And Matthew, the younger, is uh, touted a lot higher than than, uh, than Carter was uh, at the same age. So uh, what you've seen from him, uh, he didn't blow the doors off with the Winnipeg Ice two years ago in the, in the season that ended short uh, with COVID. Last year in Dubuque, I don't know if you had a chance to watch him there, but he was just over a point per game there. Uh, and now back with the ice, he's on that pace again this year. Uh, tell me about Matthew Savoy.
0: Well, when it comes to uh, offensive creativity and puck skill and just general like threat level when when a guy has the puck in the offensive zone, there aren't a lot of uh, players in this draft class that can outdo Savoy. You know, you, you give him the puck in the offensive zone a little bit of time and space to work with, he's a very, very dangerous player. Uh, awesome playmaker with great vision. He just has a really strong sense for how the play is unfolding. He can think a step ahead of uh, the defenseman on the other team, and he can thread pucks
3: through small
0: holes. He can pick corners with his shots. He's just a really dangerous offensive weapon, especially when he's got a little bit of uh, extra time and space to work with on the power play. He's going to be a guy who scores a lot of points, not just in junior, but in the NHL. He's going to be someone who can really anchor power play. Uh, so he's got a lot of upside in that regard. Uh, he's a little on the shorter side right now, and I like his skating to be a little bit better than where he is. Generally speaking, if you're not that big of a skater, you or not that big of a player, you want to be a really high-end skater just to ensure that you can create separation space for yourself uh, with your feet since you can't really force guys away with your frame. Uh, He's not a bad skater, and I think he'll get better, but that is going to be something that I'm going to be looking at because he's going to need to find ways to create that space for himself at the higher level to make use of of the other weapons that he has. But yeah, the boy is is a really dangerous player. Uh, Good brain on him. I think he thinks the game at a really high level. Uh, He plays at a good pace. He's driven. He's competitive. I think he's going to be uh, a guy to watch this season. I think that whatever NHL team ends up drafting him is going to be pretty happy about it.
2: Uh, if size, skating, and, and skill are those three kind of uh, pillar uh, uh, on the pyramid, if, if the size isn't there and the skating isn't there, are you saying his skill is good enough that it kind of makes up for what, what the other two are lacking?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think his skating will determine whether he can be you know, a first-line player or a second-line kind of player. But I think he's going to end up in the top six of the NHL regardless because his skill level is just that high. There there just aren't a lot of players out there who can do what he can do when he has the puck on his stick. And once you have that much skill and once you have the brain to know how to use it really well in a way that can overcome your physical limitations, those guys are really hard to stop at, even at
2: higher levels. Okay. Uh, now, a player I haven't had a chance to watch yet because uh, uh, the conferences didn't cross over uh, last year and won't cross over again this year. But uh, we go to the Seattle Thunderbirds and uh, Kevin Korczynski, a defenseman. But he's listed at 6'2", only 174 pounds, so lots of room on that frame to uh, to fill out some more. Uh, the Saskatoon product is uh, now in his, uh, well, I guess second full season with the T-Birds, unless... Do we call what we saw in the spring a full season? I don't know. Uh, But he's got two points in three games to start the year. Uh, What do you know about Kurczynski?
0: Yeah, he's someone that I think is flying under the radar a little bit, despite being a pretty high pick in the WHL Bantam draft. But he's a guy that I've gotten a couple of views on early on, and he's someone who's really stood out to me. And, you know, there could be the argument that he might be the best defenseman out of the WHL class this year. I know Denton Matejok from Moose Jaw, He's, he's really popular. A lot of people really like him. You know, he got that uh, look with Hockey Canada mm-hmm. uh, at the U18 tournament in the, in the spring. But Kurtinski offers a lot to like. He's an uh, incredible skater, uh, really, really high pace. You know, He's always moving his feet. He closes gaps quickly. He's not afraid to jump up on the rush. He, he just has this competitiveness to him that I really like. You know, He's always active. He's looking for something to do in the play. Um, He's really good in all directions with his mobility. You know, he can beat guys in a straight line, but he can also weave through traffic. He's strong on his edges. He can curl away from trouble to protect the puck. There's just a lot of physical tools there to really like. Um, He's pretty good at the puck on his stick. You know, in the last game I watched of him, which was actually yesterday, I did a video report on the guy, and uh, he was on the top power play unit for Seattle. So he's got some offensive um, chops to his game. I think he just sees the ice really well and he approaches the game really well. You know, he's really active with his shoulder checks. He just has a good understanding of how the play is unfolding. And he's another guy who's going to really improve once he works on the strength and conditioning aspect. You know, he's a bit lanky and skinny right now, but that's a good thing for him long-term because he'll add muscle to his frame. There's a lot of room to add that. So I think once he works on that, he's going to be able to improve uh, his physical game, his board battles, his, his net front work. And I think you have a defenseman on your hands who's going to be someone who is able to contribute in all three zones, a guy who could play on the penalty kill and on the power play, and someone who drives possession and helps him transition um, at even strength. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the kid. I think he's got a lot of upside as an all around defenseman. And he's going to be someone who probably climbs a lot of draft boards uh, over the course of this season.
2: Well, he's a high pick for the Seattle Thunderbirds in the Bandim draft. And yet, the way you're describing him, it sounds like he's still sort of just scratching the surface of what he can yet become, uh, which is really interesting. Sometimes you see those high-end guys, not plateau necessarily, but you already kind of have a pretty good feel for what they're going to be. It sounds like we don't know yet exactly what the ceiling is for Kaczynski.
0: No, and there's something that I like about him. His game is so well-rounded, there's so much depth to what he offers, that You know, a team that drafts him could really kind of develop develop him in a a variety of different directions. Like, if you want someone who can focus more on the puck transportation side of things, if that's the type of game that your team plays, let's say you're the Colorado Avalanche, you like to play quick, you like to play in transition. You know, he can play that sort of game. Right. But if you wanted to develop a defenseman who can be a little bit safer in his own end, um, you know, someone who can make the smart first pass out of his zone, but also keep tight gaps defensively without the puck, you could also do that as well. So there's a lot of um, raw talent on display here. He's a type of defenseman you can mold in a number of different directions. And I think that's going to be very appealing to teams because, yeah, he's, he's not someone who's just pigeonholed into a certain role or a certain style. There's a lot of flexibility to what you can get out of him long-term.
2: All right. You mentioned uh, Denton Matejczyk. Uh, might as well go there. And uh, we were just talking about Korchinski. He's listed at 6'2". Matejczyk, under six feet, 5'11", 185 pounds. Certainly, I, I mean, that's average size. I wouldn't say he's, he's necessarily uh, small. But uh, there's lots of potential here. You mentioned uh, his, his past with uh, Hockey Canada. Uh, what have you seen from him so far this year or, or in the past that uh, got you liking him as much as would you consider him potentially a first-round pick?
0: Yeah, I definitely think he's a guy who could go in the first round this year. He's just a really modern-day defenseman. He's great with a puck on a stick. He plays a really heads up game. He's very mobile with his feet. He can receive passes or carry the puck at full speed. He's the type of guy who can work a power play from the blue line, you know, uh, keep pucks in, move them around quickly, um, you know, maybe throw a bit of deception into what he's doing. I think he's a guy who's going to be really valuable at five on five as someone who's con- con- consistently moves pucks up ice. Uh, but he's also good enough mobility, uh, without the puck that he can keep a tight gap. He's not going to be a big, bruising, physical defenseman. But when he can skate as well as he can, you can still defend in the NHL like that. Someone like uh, like Alex Goligoski is an example. Not the biggest guy. He's a guy who can defend well in dry play because he thinks the game well, he moves really well, and he's really responsible with the puck on his stick. And I think that's the sort of uh, projection I would give for the paycheck as well. He won't be a high-end point producer like a Kale McCarr or a Quinn Hughes but I think he's going to be the type of guy who can play on a top pair and at the NHL level, put up you know, 30, 40, 50 points per season, and just drive uh, play really consistently and, and really reliably.
2: Uh, how would you compare him to, to uh, uh, Damon Hunt? Is uh, I don't know if they play on the same pairing or not, but another defenseman that kind of sounds similar to the way you've been describing uh, in the kind of an all-around defenseman, two-way guy, but also can uh, play on power play and and penalty kill. Are there some similarities there?
0: Yeah, there are definitely some, some similarities. Um, I, I like Matejchuk skating a little bit better. I find him a little bit quicker, a little bit more mobile. I think he's more effective on the rush, and I also find that his puck skills are a little bit uh, better than, than where Hunt's were at the same age. But Hunt has his strengths as, strengths as well. I, I like his play without the puck a little bit better. I find he's a little bit more reliable than Matejchuk defensively. But, yeah, both players are really good, and, and I think you're going to see them develop in, along similar sorts of paths just because they both play for you know, the same organization. Okay. And when you factor in those two, plus uh, Calgary Flames, stick, Cole-Jordan, uh, Musta's got a pretty good blue line that they're going to be able to uh, build around over the next couple of seasons. They could be really good in a couple of years from now.
2: Derek Newmeyer is my guest, he scouts with uh, future considerations. We're chatting about uh, some guys for the 2022 draft. Boy, I feel old when I say that 2022 NHL draft. Uh, the uh, Swift current Broncos don't have a whole lot, uh, at least on paper, but they they've got off to a pretty good start to this season, and I had a chance to watch them play a couple of games already this year. Matthew Ward obviously is a standout player for them. I was also uh, pretty impressed with the play of uh, Reed Dick, their backup net miner, when he played against the Hitmen here a couple of days ago. But let's uh, let's go to Matthew Ward. Not the biggest guy in the world, but man, there's lots to like with him.
0: Yeah, I really like Matthew Ward, and there are some other uh, scouts on our team, on our, on our Western group here, who've seen him and like him as well. And the thing about Ward is, he does a lot of the things that you need small players to do. You know, just because you're small doesn't mean you can't succeed in the NHL level. But there are certain things that you need to bring to the table to help overcome that size. You need to think the game at a high level. You need to be really responsible with the puck on your stick. and You need to play at a high pace. You know, you can't be someone who's always a step behind the play. You have to be able to pressure opponents. You have to be able to have that extra quickness to create that separation from guys. And Ward has that. And he's off to a great start this season. I think he's playing as the top-line center uh, for Swift Currents. He's taking a lot of draws, playing a lot of minutes for them. And that's something you always like to see as well out of the process. You know, he's getting lots of minutes. He's being used in a variety of different situations. And that's great for a players' development because he's going to get more reps, more practice. He's going to have room to make mistakes. You know, just because he has a bad shift doesn't mean he's going to get benched or end up in the press box next game. You know, Swift Current really believes in him; uh, they're really relying on him, and he's going to be a guy who plays a lot this year and just gets a lot of opportunity to grow his game in all areas. And I'm really excited to see what he can do. I think he's a kid with a lot of potential, and I don't think anyone should overlook him because of his short stature. Because he thinks the game well, he's really good on the power play. He's got good puck skill, good playmaking. And just a really good sense for the game. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I think he's going to be one of the better small forwards in this draft.
2: So why don't we hear about him more in terms, like in comparison to uh, other small guys? We've already talked about Matthew Savoy, but Logan Stankoven last year ended up being a a second round pick. But there are a lot of people who thought he could be a a first rounder as well. Why don't we hear about Matthew Ward more in those types of uh, circles?
0: You know, I, I hate to say it's because of the environment, but it really could be a misregard. Yeah. You know, the Current's been a struggling team for a while. You know, they haven't had a lot of high-end uh, prospects come through the organization in the last few years. And one of the reasons why is they traded away a lot of their high-end picks in, the, in recent years because they had a big, uh, a big push not that long ago and they had Glenn Godin and Alexei Haponian. You know, they had, they had a good team, and they wanted to go for it. And that hurt them for a few years in terms of developing young talent. So I feel like Ward might be getting slept on a little bit just because this current isn't the strongest of organizations. But I think that's something that should change. You know, I think they've, they've got a good young team there. You, know, you mentioned Reed Dick uh, as one of their young netminders. Uh, Isaac Poulter has been good for them this year. Yeah. Uh, they've got a defenseman that some of our scouts really like in Owen Pickering. He's a 2004-born uh, defenseman who's draft eligible this year. So I think that you know, if people aren't paying attention to Matthew Ward right now, I think his play is going to speak for itself. Uh, over the next couple of months, and he's definitely going to be someone who puts himself on on more radars. You know, if, if Swift Curran isn't able to succeed a lot this season, I think he's going to be one of the top guys that could end up on Hockey Canada's uh, radar for the U18 tournament in the spring. So, you know, he might be, not be getting a lot of attention right now, but I think that's going to change pretty quickly because he brings a lot of skill in in that small package.
2: Great point about the, the U18 in uh, in the spring of 2020. Uh, Derek, that was a terrific rundown on uh, some of those guys we'll be watching for over the course of the season. Next time I have you on, I hope we can chat about some of those goalies out of the WHL. Reed Dick and Mason Bullpit and, and Tyler Brennan up in PG. I think there's some some goaltenders to watch this year uh, in the WHL. This was fun. Uh, I hope uh, we can chat again soon.
0: Always fun to chat about prospects. Take care, Keith.
2: Great stuff once again from Derek Neumeyer. It's a pretty good uh, list out of the WHL and uh, regular ends from the Okotoks Oilers in the AJHL as well. The uh, Winnipeg Ice are coming to Edmonton at the end of this month. Uh, I guess it's about uh, two weeks away. I think it's the 29th that they are here to play Edmonton. Uh, that's a game I've got circled on the calendar for sure. Connor Geeky, Matthew Savoy in that game. I think we've all known about Matthew Savoy for much longer because. High-profile player applied for exceptional status, didn't get it, and I think in hindsight we can, you know, you compare Connor Bedard and Matthew Savoy, and you can see why Bedard got it, granted exceptional status, and Savoy not so much. It took him a long time to uh, score his first goal in the WHL, happened this year, but that's not to say he's not a a ta- very very talented player. And we'll get a look at Connor Geeky as well, six foot four centerman. If he was a right-hand centerman, well. He, maybe he we'd be talking about him as the number two guy. Right now, looks like a top 10. You know, I won't be shocked if he's a top five, and I won't be surprised if he's taken ahead of Savoy. Now, it's October. There's lots of time to go. But that size, if they're both top 10, I think the size factor works in Geeky's favor a lot. Savoy, you 5'9", know, 5'10", five, five, that might work against him. Up next on the Pipeline Show, we're going to turn on the 2022 draft spotlight for the first time. In Season 17, we like to do it every year. If you're fairly new to the uh, program, we've been doing it, must be, since Season 3-ish, something like that. We're in Season 17 now, but we like to talk to players in their draft season, uh, get a chance to uh, familiarize ourselves with them. We do it all throughout the year so that uh, by the time the draft comes around, we've uh, spoken with 50 or something players who are draft eligible. Instead of trying to cram them all in, you know, in in the month leading up to the draft, we do it throughout the course of the season. And we're going to start with a player from the U.S. National Development Program. His name is Rutger McGroherty. He is a Michigan Wolverines commit recruit, but he is currently playing for the U18 squad and off to a terrific start. Great conversation. I think you're really going to like it. And that is next, here on the Pipeline Show, fueled by Wilhock beef jerky. (laughs)
3: Hey, this
1: is Jack Rostovic from the U18 national team. Clayton Keller. Hey, this is JC Comfort. Hey, it's Joel Ferby from Team USA. Hi, I'm Hudson Fashing. Hi, it's Brady Shea. Hey, this is John Gibson from Team USA. This is Jordan Greenway. This
0: is Matias Samuelson.
1: Hey, this is Sonny Milano from the USNCDP. This is Oliver
3: Wallstrom. Hi, this is Alex Tuck. This is Ryan Lindgren. Hi, I'm Steven Santini, and I play for the U18 National Team. How's it going, go on Katie Fitzgerald with the National Team K. Hey, it's Austin
0: Matthews. Hi, this is Jacob Truba from the USA Under-18 National Team Development Program, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Passion, talent, development, NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. NHLers Kyle Turris,
1: wow, what a goal. and
0: Duncan Keith, Score! and future NHLers Tyson Jost and Dante Fabro all took the campus route. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world.
2: You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Dance off, bro. Me and you. We are back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Of course, the program is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Turkey, the Alberta's best beef turkey. Uh, we're going to uh, turn on the 2022 draft spotlight. Man, that makes me feel old when I say 2022. Uh, but it's the first time this season that we're doing that as we look ahead to the 2022 NHL draft next summer. Uh, and my first guest uh, in the spotlight this year comes to us from the U.S. National Development Program. His name is Rutger McGrory, a big centerman uh, from uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Rutger, welcome to the program. How are you? Good.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Well, I appreciate you making the time like this early in the season. I know uh, things have got off to a pretty good start for you and the team. Uh, where? What's the feeling like around the dressing room right now? Early in the year?
1: Uh, right now, we just got that. Uh, we got the excitement to be back, be back around the boys, and just play some games. You know, summer—it's uh, a good time off, but we're we're ready to get back at it, and uh, the energy is great right now, and we're really excited to be back.
2: Is our things pretty much back to normal for for the way you operate on a daily basis? I, I know the last well 18, 20 months, I guess, for most people has been uh, turned on its head. Uh, what about for you guys as hockey players with with your training and stuff like that, and going to school? Is everything kind of back to normal?
1: Yeah, for us, everything is. 100 percent normal besides the online school i me personally i've done online school since sixth grade but Hmm. for the other guys uh that's probably a little bit of an adjustment but all the training uh on ice everything is uh everything's normal that's awesome
2: fantastic on the ice uh things are looking good uh you've played i believe seven games you got 10 points this year Uh, i know a couple of those were preseason games but uh, you got to be happy with the with the early start to the season for you
3: yeah, it's uh it's a good
1: start, but uh to be honest, it, it's been pretty cool uh getting uh getting I think we're right now we're 6 and 1, so uh mm-hmm. 60 oh and 1. So uh I would say I would say the most important part is uh that that team record.
2: Yeah, 60 oh and 1 and some of that is USHL opposition, couple of games against uh, a Division 1 opponents as well and you got that uh four teams uh, four games coming up in the next couple of weeks against college opponents uh, as well what do you like more i, I mean you, a lot of people don't realize you play about a third of your schedule in the ushl about a third against division one opponents and then you got that other third that's kind of international games is there one of those three that you like the most uh to be honest it's it's all
1: it's all a blast like the college games is obviously fun going it's kind of like playing your older brothers like yeah. they don't want to lose their younger brothers and we obviously want to beat them so uh I would say everything kind of has like its own like feeling like vibe, but
2: uh, to be honest, I couldn't really
1: choose my my favorite. I just I, I love playing hockey, and so every game uh, we get to play is awesome.
2: Awesome. Well, you took it to Michigan State three nothing victory and and beat the Fighting Irish as well, four uh, three. So terrific start to the year. You got Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech, Cornell, and Mercyhurst uh, on the uh, immediate horizon. Recker McRory is my guest. Uh, Rucker, I, I mentioned that uh, you're from uh lincoln nebraska i don't know if that's actually true or not because the, the last few years that i can look at your playing uh, uh where you played all over the place it seems like honey baked is a program in michigan is it not
1: yeah it is uh i actually uh it's it's really funny so my mom uh i i, I thank her for it every day but at 10 years old she let me move up for the uh, hockey season uh-huh. uh and play for honey baked and then during summers i would uh move back to Lincoln and train there and just hang out with my friends there. So that's what we've been doing for the past couple of years. But uh, last summer was the first summer that like my whole family moved up to Michigan. So uh, my hometown will always be Lincoln, Nebraska, but uh, we've officially made the switch to uh, Northfield, Michigan.
2: The the Oakland Junior Grizzlies, is that Oakland, California? Uh, No, that's uh, it's in Troy, Michigan. Okay. Uh,
1: Yeah. the Troy sports center. So uh, that was you 15 year
2: I have to ask you about that U15 year, 160 points in 63 games. Is that uh, like goaltending optional in that league or what's going on there?
1: Uh, you know, it was, it was a really fun year. I got to play with uh, some good players. Like my, my teammate Hunter Berskiewicz, I've been with them since I was 10 years old. And that was a fun year going through with uh, like, obviously wanting to make N T P or OHL draft year. It was, it was pretty cool to go through that ride with them.
2: 82 goals that season too. Uh, that's unbelievable. All right, tell. Me, how old were you when you first started playing? Do you remember when you first put the skates on and and got into playing hockey? Uh,
1: to be honest, I went I went to my first hockey game when I was three days old. So it's it's actually kind of a wow. funny story. My my due my birthday is uh, March 30th, and I think my like my mom was due April 1st, maybe. But my dad had a playoff game ah. that night, and he was like, "And then they like got it like a early option to like go in early and like get it done." And my dad was like, "Oh yeah, Cindy, I think we should really take that. Uh, I think we should take the the option so he could <laughs> self not selfishly, but he wanted to go to his game." <laughs> so turns out that I went to my first game uh, three days old.
2: That's amazing. Uh, now he yeah. in two thousand and four he was playing for the River City Lancers. If I I'm reading that correctly or the Omaha Lancers somewhere in there. So were you, were you born during a road trip like that you were born in Lincoln?
1: Uh no, I was born I was actually born in Omaha, but like at a very young age my dad uh started to coach in Lincoln, so gotcha. I like my whole childhood has been in Lincoln.
2: Okay, fair enough. Have you always been a forward? Uh yes, I've been
1: a forward, but sometimes like in summer tournaments my dad would throw me on the on the back end to play some d and i i honestly i respect the uh defenseman so much more when you actually play the position
2: yeah well i, I think it gives you a different perspective too doesn't it
1: yeah 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 totally
2: i've talked to a lot of players uh over the last 17 years uh, who are in the position you're in being your draft year and i always like to ask the guys you know when you're six seven years old or or something like that did y'all have to take your turn in net you know throw the pads on every once in a while or something did you have one of those games
1: <laughs> yeah this is actually another funny story i uh i played in the game when i was like eight years old and i uh i actually won the game 16 to 15 <laughs> and uh the other team had 16 shots on that so i made one save but <laughs> that save was the one that won it all
2: talk about goaltending optional i guess you <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah i guess you knew that wasn't the spot for you yeah, yeah,
1: that's when I really realized that, uh, you know what, this this position is not for me.
2: Take me, again, you mentioned that uh, while we were talking about the Oakland Junior Grizzlies, uh, about the program and just you knew that's what you wanted to do. When did the program kind of come on your radar? Um,
1: It really came on my radar around like 13 New Year when I truly was old enough to like realize what it was all about and like the development that you would get from it and obviously just wearing your colors, like that's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. Do that every single day. So uh, I would say probably like 13 new year when I, that's how old I was when I was really like, I want to make this team and I want to spend two years here.
2: Well, I know we'll we'll talk about the draft in a second. And everybody has you ranked very highly. When did it become kind of feasible in your mind that, you know what, I, I might be able to make a career out of playing this sport. Uh, to be honest, it, I, I don't really know.
1: Like, it just kind of, I've never really looked at it as like making a career out of it or anything. It's just like, it's just a sport I love. And I just love going into the rink every single day. And I don't, I don't really try to think about that stuff too much, but it's just, I, I, like, if I could do this for the rest of my life, I would love that. And so.
2: Fantastic. Uh, Rutger McGrady from Team USA, the U18 program is my guest here on the Pipeline show uh well let's talk about the draft and I mentioned that everybody seems to have you ranked inside the first round, a lot of people inside the top 10. Does it matter to you? You know, it's a, it's a long time between now and the draft, but where you end up being taken on draft day does it really matter? Uh
1: to be honest, it like our coaches always say like kind of like block out that outside noise, like it doesn't matter when, where you get drafted. It's what you do from there and I totally agree with that. It's like great, great words. Uh, but I would say it doesn't really matter, like what round, what overall, like what team. It's just what you do from there.
2: Okay, so not it's not necessarily a, a pride thing. Where if you're a first round pick, it's great. If you're a second round pick, you're, you, it's terrific. You're drafted. You're not going to be disappointed. You're not a first rounder. And, and again, everybody seems to have you pegged as a first rounder at this point. So it might be a moot point anyway.
1: Uh, obviously
2: it would be pretty cool. Like I, I would, I would love that. That'd be awesome. But yeah.
1: to be honest, it, it, it truly
2: doesn't matter. Uh, now uh, we were chatting before we started. I, I hadn't seen a college commitment, uh, but you were telling me that uh, you're another guy going to Michigan. Boy, the Wolverines have been uh, mining the, uh, the high-end prospects the last couple of years, and uh, you're following in the footsteps. I guess easy choice when you look at all the guys that have gone to the program here in the last few years.
1: Yeah, just just like you said, it's uh, just all the guys that have gone before me and uh, the relationship I have with the coaches. Like Brandon Norado just got hired there. I've worked with them at a TPH for the past four to five years. So like just having that trust, just seeing all the people that came before me, it, it was super hard to turn down.
2: For people who haven't had a chance to watch you yet, uh, I mentioned uh, what I'm looking at says six feet tall, 205 pounds. I don't know how up to date that is. Where are you at now?
1: Yeah, that's like around six, six one, like 205, yeah.
2: Okay, and what kind of a player do you see yourself as? Uh,
1: I see myself as a a skilled power forward that uh, is extremely competitive and uh, not afraid to get his nose dirty, and I think uh, I have a strong hockey IQ.
2: And you are playing in the middle? You're a guy who takes the face off? Uh,
1: I've played a little bit at NTDP, but uh, I I am playing more left-wing right now.
2: Okay, is that an easy transition to make from from the middle to the wing?
1: Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 just hockey on it. Like it, it's I can play any position that coach puts me in, besides goalie, obviously. But uh, yeah, I would say it's a pretty easy transition, and it doesn't like in game, it doesn't really affect you as much because it's just you're playing hockey, and it, it's just like the positions like off the face offs that like it's a bit different.
2: Uh, I'm looking ahead on your schedule. I see there's a game you're supposed to be going to Switzerland. Is, is that still up in the air or do you know what's happening with that? Uh for our international tournament? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I I think that uh we're going we're going there in within the next month.
2: Yeah, early November, the November 8th.
1: Yeah, yeah, early November. I think uh the 8th, the 8th through the 15th. So I think yeah, I think that's 100%.
2: Now, how much uh, outside of the country, did you play last year with the, with the COVID and everything? Was was everything pretty much cancelled? Uh, last year, there was no international
1: tournaments right. besides the U18 Worlds and like World Juniors and Men's Worlds. But besides that, it was, it was just U18 Worlds.
2: Okay, so for you personally, you weren't at the U- U18s, were you?
1: Uh yeah I I was under age at the U18 Worlds with the O3 team.
2: Oh nice. So you Lane Hudson I believe was on that team as well. That's that's got to be a thrill to have that experience uh, when you're a year younger.
1: Yeah yeah it was a blast. Obviously it didn't end
2: up as we were hoping, but it it was a good time. But just for the experience, something to build off of in terms of your own personal playing development.
1: Yeah yeah totally. And and bringing that into my like into my team this year with, uh, just that experience and knowing what it takes. I, I think that would be good for us, uh, in our team.
2: Are you a guy who sets statistical goals for yourself at the start of the year? Like I want to get 25 goals or 50 points or whatever it might be. Do you do those types of things?
1: Uh, for me, I I've never really been, uh, I've never really been that way for me. It's just more being consistent. Like last year I had a bit of a consistency issue and, I think coming into this year, I just really wanted to work on my consistency, and uh, that's that's about it though.
2: Okay. Outside of consistency, are there things in your game that uh, you know? I don't know if it's shot or skating or anything like that, but things you think you need to fine tune.
1: Uh, to be honest, I I love to work on every aspect of the game, no matter if it's tip and pucks, my shot, my skating. I I just love getting better, honestly.
2: So practice is a. Is is a labor of love for you? You don't mind practice?
1: Oh, I yeah, I love practice, especially practicing with my team. The, the competitiveness and everything. It's it's a blast.
2: With your team, you know, like half of your roster is going to get drafted this year. Is there some internal competition at all? I mean, there will be a lot of you probably in the first forty five picks. Do you guys ever talk about that?
1: Uh, no, we never really talk about that stuff. But it's uh, obviously, it's the best twenty three players in America. So yeah there's going to be a little bit of competition and I think the boys love it and it's uh we're extremely competitive and I yeah I think it's it's honestly a blast
2: well Rutger I really appreciate your time if uh, if the draft order was based on names uh Rutger McGroity I think would go pretty high awesome name man and uh, I enjoyed this conversation a lot thanks for doing this
1: yeah thank you thanks for having me it's been it's been fun
2: Rutger McGrorty from Team USA, the U18 squad, and uh, just looking at some of the rankings. These these are preseason or very early season rankings. Uh, from well, let's see. FC Hockey has McGrorty ranked number eight. Uh, Bob McKenzie from TSN has him twelve. Craig Button has him twenty fifth. Uh, Sportsnet—that's usually Sam Cosentino. I'm not sure if he's still doing it. I'll I'll have to double check that. Uh, but they have him twelfth. Uh, he's number eight for Dauber prospects and. Um, Draft Prospects Hockey has him at number seven. So, uh, you know, there's a, a pretty good difference there from 25th up to, uh, well, top ten. Uh, number seven, number eight a couple of times. So, uh, it, again, it's very, very early uh, in the season. But Rutger McGrory, great name. And on the radar, everybody has him as a first-round pick. Everybody that's got publicized rankings out there seems to have him as a first-round pick. And how about those Michigan Wolverines just loading up again on uh, top talent available in this year's draft? Uh, We've seen that over the last couple of years. They're doing a tremendous job of recruiting there in Ann Arbor. All right, next up on the Pipeline Show, we've got one more segment to go. We're going to keep the 2022 draft spotlight turned on. This time we're going to look at a guy who's passed through the draft before, his name is Noah Boyko, plays for the Lethbridge Hurricanes, but as I've mentioned earlier, seems like NHL teams are uh, drafting 19-year-old players more and more than they ever have in the past. Here's a guy, if he has a, uh, a season that everybody has kind of been expecting and waiting for, could be one of those types of players this year. Noah Boyko of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, he's up next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. <laughs> Which wants the one timer. Bellary lets it go. He scores! <laughs> An unbelievable shot by Jordy Bellary. He's up the
0: Schneid, and it's 2 nothing.
2: Hey, this is Jordy Bellary from the Left for Hurricanes. You're listening to the
0: Pipeline Show.
2: The troubled monk brew of the week. Hey, it's one of my personal favorites. But tell the people about it. The
0: vacation Mexican lager. When the chores are done, the lawn is mowed, or the sidewalk shoveled, this Mexican lager is perfect for floating on fresh powder or floating down the river. Vacation lager is a little getaway every day. Player comparable. Sidney Crosby can do it all and is always in the conversation of the very best.
2: Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at TroubledMonk.com. Troubled Monk, craft beverages worth sharing. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Prepare to be knocked on your ass. Welcome back to the Pipeline Show, presented by our title sponsor. That is Wilhock Beef Jerky, the Alberta's best beef jerky. Two locations, Leduc, Spruce Grove, but they will ship at any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada. So if you're in Manitoba or B.C., you're not going to make that drive into the Edmonton area, but you can get your beef jerky uh, from WilhockBeefJerky.com by contacting either location. Uh, We're going to go to the Western Hockey League uh, in this segment uh, this weekend, full slate of games once again. And my next guest is in action as the Lethbridge Hurricanes come to Edmonton uh, and they'll play on Friday night and on uh, Saturday, I believe. Uh, no, actually, it's just a one day, one game this weekend for Noah Boyko and the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Uh, Noah, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you making the time. Uh, great start to the season for the Hurricanes uh, as they look at the conference standings. Third in the conference right now, although second if we are using winning percentage. So you guys have got to feel pretty good about the way you've started the year. Yeah,
3: you know it's been a, it's been an awesome start. Obviously, uh, you know we we had a first good two games there against Calgary and and kept it rolling. Um, obviously, a loss there to Edmonton and then and an overtime win against Red Deer the other night, and it's it's been good.
2: The Hurricanes have scored as we're speaking right now sixteen goals. That's second most in the WHL. You, you really took it to Calgary on opening night nine to two. And yourself, you had a hat-trick that night. But it seems, even that said, you've won a couple of uh, lopsided games, you've uh, played a couple of tight games and won the one against uh, Red Deer. It seems like you're getting the job done. doesn't matter what style of game. Is it offense by committee? It seems like a lot of you guys are scoring and, and putting up points.
3: Yeah, you know, it's, you know, everyone's doing their job. Um, you know, our, our top lines are going and our and our power plays have to success. Um, you know, we've had... You know success as as all four lines as well and and a lot of guys are you know putting the pocket back in that and it's been awesome, so it's been a, a good start for four games absolutely.
2: is there a different feel to the start of this season compared to what we saw in the spring? You knew it was going to be you know 22, 23, 24 games maximum uh, back in in uh, March and April this year, knock on wood we have a a full normal season get to playoffs and all that. I imagine there's a different feeling around the, the team and around the, the room and uh, the organization. Does, do you feel that as a player?
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the you know the full regular season is a, is a totally different breed. You know, 68 games, uh, of intense hockey. Uh, last year, you know, it was pretty intense still, but, you know, you weren't playing for much. So that, that was a different way. Now, you know, now every point matters, right? Um, as you go know, later in the season, it, it becomes even more, more important, and then obviously with postseason, you know that's what you're playing for. So, uh, you know there's a little more meaning behind it, and it's it's a lot more fun, that's for sure.
2: What are your expectations for your team this season? I, I had a pregame conversation with Dustin Forbes, the, the play-by-play guy for the Hurricanes, and you know it, it was almost like it's it's tough to really get a feel for what we should expect in the preseason because it's been so long since we really had a regular season. So where do you kind of set the bar for success this year?
3: Yeah, you know what? Obviously, it has been a little while since we've played a few games. But, um, you know, I think, I think our team is one of the best in, in our, our division. Um, and I think, you know, we, we can really compete with the top teams, such as Edmonton and, and stuff. And I think, you know, we can really, really go far. I think our, our group's are special this year. And, and, you know, I think, you know, we still have things to work on, obviously. And I think by the end of the year, we could be a real, real special group
2: I was noticing, I was looking back at the when you played, you're a Fort Saskatchewan kid, and I was looking back at the, the teams you played on in Fort Saskatchewan. There's a lot of crossover between your current teammates and, and the Oil Kings, who you're playing here on Friday. Sebastian Cosa, teammate of yours. Jacob Boucher, who was a teammate both in Lethbridge and in Edmonton. And, and uh, Alex Thacker, who you've been playing with, seems like forever. Right, yeah. Um. When you guys get together on the ice... I imagine there's no friends, but off the ice do you have a chance to kind of uh meet with the other guys, former former teammates like that?
3: Yeah, you know, we had a, a really successful, you know, team in Bantam there and in, in Egypt and you know, that group, you know, we won a championship together and you know, we've had a lot of fun together and it's, it's a it's a really strong core group we had and and it's great to see the rest of the guys, you know, moving on to higher levels in the in the Western Hockey League and it's you know, it's fun playing them, right? Obviously Coles is a really good goalie and and Boucher's in with Emmetton, so it's fun playing them, and it's you know it's fun playing with Sacker. Um But you know we don't see them a ton off the ice. I you know I see a close a bit in the summer and such. But hopefully we'll get to catch up uh, you know when we play them in Edmonton or or whatever it may be.
2: Noah Boyko of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, you've, you're yourself uh, a former first round pick of the Hurricanes uh, back in 2017, uh, 16th overall. Do you remember what draft day was like for you uh, for the WHL Bantam draft? I know a lot of guys were at school and kind of following along on your phone or something, and other guys were allowed to stay home and, and uh, right. tune in from uh, on your computer or whatever at home. What was draft day like for you?
3: Yeah, you know, it was obviously a super exciting day. Um, you know, quite uh, the nerves as well, right? You don't know where you're going to go and, and then what round and what team, et cetera, but, you know, you' always often hear my name called by, by the Hurricanes, you know, uh, you know, I know it has a, a good reputation these past couple of years of, of a winning team. and It's been been awesome to be a part of. Right, uh, I've been on a couple of great teams now, and it's um, you know been a good couple of years. But but that draft day was something to for deck and it was, uh, it was definitely exciting. You know, I was at school and you know heard my name called, and you know celebrated with some friends, and and it was definitely rewarding.
2: Well, you didn't have to wait long as being a, a first round pick like that. When it was Lethbridge, and you knew all right. At the next step, I'm moving away from home. How would you feel about that at that young age?
3: Yeah, you know, it's, at, at that young age, it's definitely a challenge, right? Moving away, you know, not everyone can do it, and it's it's definitely something that not many kids do, you know, at at 16 years old. Um, but you know, looking back, it's it's one of the best things that could happen, right? It challenges you as a person, you know, to grow and and to be mature. Um, and, and it's something I wouldn't change, you know. It uh, you know, obviously, there's some challenges along the way, you know, challenges of a 16 year old, and Mm-hmm. Um but like i said it's been it's been nothing but the best as far as you know growth and learning so
2: well, and you go from Bantam where you're one of the top players on your team to being a rookie in the w h l and you kind of have to play further down the depth chart than you're used to. is that a, a mental struggle early on in your career?
3: yeah, hundred percent i mean there's uh a challenge a little bit obviously you know we had a my first year we had a extremely strong team of families with Fission, cousin cousins, et so it wasn't, uh, you know, expectations weren't going to be, you know, first line for his power play, but uh, you know, definitely it's definitely a struggle, right? You know, you're not always in the lineup, or you know, you're not always playing big minutes, and it's uh, definitely uh, an adjustment. But at the same time, you know, it, it's a challenge that, again, has made me grow and and learn as a person, and it's uh, something now that I, you know. Really use my advantage being able to deal with that adversity.
2: Well, when you feel, when you're playing down the depth chart like that, you might not get the exposure that you need when it comes to the NHL draft. And maybe that was a part of it for you. You are 19 and haven't been drafted. I don't know if that is motivation for you, you know, fuel on the fire or what for this season. How do you view this year? Are you playing for the for an NHL contract or a pro contract or to get drafted as a 19 year old? I guess you turn. Uh, Twenty well after the draft, so still nineteen come the draft, and we've seen lots of players get drafted at that age. So is that something that's um, kind of on your to-do list this year?
3: Yeah, 100. percent I mean, obviously, you know, I'll focus on the process and 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 you know, doing my best here. And I think I think that stuff will come right, whether it be a, a contract, you know, a NHL camp, or a pro contract, or, or draft. I think you know, with a with successful years, I think opportunities will open up. Um, you know, I think it's something that, you know, kind of everyone wants, right? And it's, it's something I believe I can do this year, and it's, it's definitely exciting, right?
2: When you're part of a team that is kind of offense by committee, what do you see as your role with the Hurricanes? Uh, definitely, you know,
3: goal scoring, um, you know, power play, goal scoring, uh, creating offense um, is it, definitely, you know, my job on, on this team, Team, right? I mean, um, I think if I wasn't, uh, you know, creating offense, creating chance, et cetera, I think I wouldn't be doing my job. Um, so that's definitely something you know I gotta uh, take responsibility for and, and create for the team. Um, and it, it, it you know it's fun, right? We have an offensive group, and it's it's fun to create chances, score goals, and and be on the power play. So it's it's been good.
2: What does it mean to the club to get Alex Cotton back? A little late from Detroit, but he's back now. He's played a couple of games, and uh, he just adds a big jolt of offense, especially from your blue line, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, you know he's obviously a dynamic player. Uh, you know, extremely talented. Uh, especially offensively and you know, on the power play and, you know, the wicked shots. And, and he, you know, it's a huge addition as far as, you know, maybe uh, maybe more challenging games, maybe uh, more important games. It's it's really awesome to have uh, a guy like Tim who, who can, you know, create offense and, and uh, help win in the last, you know, three, four minutes, right?
2: You're one of the uh, veteran players on the team now, and you got a couple of new imports this year do you feel do you find yourself taking on a leadership role how do you welcome the new guys in especially when they're import players i don't know what how strong their english is do you find it yourself taking on a role where i got to make these guys feel comfortable and and help them along
3: yeah 100 percent i think you know anytime you're a little bit older or or whatever it may be uh, as a person how is raised i think it's important that people fit in and and people feel comfortable right uh, coming overseas and not not easy I, I can only imagine obviously i haven't done it but you know it, it's probably not easy and it's it's probably uncomfortable for them but you know it's important for me and, and the other old guys to make them feel welcome you know along with the other uh, younger guys so it's uh it's definitely a responsibility of mine as well right uh, to be good off the ice, a, a good leader and a good person
2: well i mentioned you got the oil kings this weekend and that's the only game you play next weekend you're on the road in red deer and then home to Prince Albert, and you've got Saskatoon after that, and Winnipeg, finally getting to play some teams outside of the province. And that's got to be nice after, you know, it's been, what, 18 months since you saw anybody uh, outside of the province. Yeah, we, you know,
3: we played our, our division a lot in those past, uh, you know, months, right? It's it's, uh, it's definitely gets a little bit old after, you know, 9 or 10 games. Uh, it's obviously still competitive and, and a lot of rivalries, but it, it'll be awesome to play, you know. Manitoba teams and Saskatchewan teams, right? And maybe see yeah. some new faces, some new referees, some new competition. So it's exciting, right? And especially a little bit of travel as well, you know, I think with, with you know, the boys and the friends, it'll, it'll be fun to get out of town and, you know, go on a, go on a road trip. So yeah. it'll be
2: good. Unfortunately, we don't get the, the uh, cross-border trip down to the States or them coming up here, or you don't get to go into BC. Or, uh, the conference is totally separate uh, this year, but... Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, Brent Kissio and, and Peter anholt and just uh how the that combination, especially your coach, uh, how he's helped you evolve and become a better player.
3: Yeah, you know obviously uh they're both uh, extremely established in this league and have had a lot of success. Um, you know they're you know they challenge uh, us players to be better every day and it's it's uh you know something that you know has made me a better person, better player. Um, and you know they're they're great hockey minds. You know they they make the right decisions as far as you know, maybe trades or whatever or and uh, you know, Kissio makes great great decisions on the ice and you know, it's uh it's a really good deal and, and I think, you know, we're gonna have a lot of success with, with those two as, you know, kinda leading us. Um so it's definitely exciting stuff.
2: Noah you're gonna have lots of friends and family from up here uh, at the game this weekend?
3: Yeah, you know, I I absolutely will. I in in Amateur everyone's kinda from that area. So, you know, there should be some, some good family there and some good friends. So so it'll be nice to see them after the game and,
2: and you know Hopefully get a win for them. Awesome. Thanks for this, Noah. I really appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck this season with the Hurricanes.
3: Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you.
2: Noah Boyko of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Thanks to Dustin Forbes for uh, setting me up with uh, Noah to have that conversation. And I'm looking forward to this game. As as I'm speaking with you now, I did that interview a few days ago, but the uh, game is tonight between the Hurricanes and the Oil Kings. Should be a good one. I think uh, both teams getting good goaltending. Uh, to see Alex Cotton back with the Hurricanes gives them that extra punch. And they've got uh, they still got a lot of talent there. You know, they lost some key pieces, but that is still a very competitive club. Should be a fun game tonight. They played a close one last week uh, down in Lethbridge. The Oil Kings squeaked that one out 2-1. Shorthanded winner for uh, Jalen Lipen. We'll see what uh, tonight brings. Debut of Luke Prokop as an Edmonton Oil King here tonight as well. So looking forward to that game very much. Uh, Andrew Peart and I will have the call of the game only on oilkings.ca and of course WHL Live if you're watching from home that does it for this week's episode thanks to all three of the guests that you heard from it's cleanup time if you haven't got your bidet yet go to hellotushy.com slash pipeline and get with the times man stop wiping start washing your butt it's better for you better for the environment better for your bank account as well it's going to pay for itself in all the toilet paper that you save Highly recommended, hellotushy.com slash pipeline. Next week on the program, more of the same. We'll keep the 2022 draft spotlight turned on. We'll uh, make our rounds through the Canadian Hockey League as well as uh, south of the border. We'll keep our eye on what's happening in college hockey and all the Junior A Leagues from the Canadian Junior Hockey League to the USHL and the NAHL. We'll stay on top of it all. Until then get out and enjoy some uh, college or junior hockey if you can and so that we can talk about it next week right here on the pipeline show until then my name's gee flaming this has been the pipeline show brought to you by wilhock beef jerky have a great weekend everybody see ya